and welcome to the program, UFO Warning. Today's topic, Our Lady of Fatima, 1917. Now, many of you are probably familiar with the uh, apparition known as the Our Lady of Fatima event that happened back in Portugal in 1917. But today we're going to take a look at whether or not that was actually a UFO sighting whether it was possibly an ET sighting, possibly an NHE sighting, or whether um, these people actually saw an apparition of Mary, the mother of Jesus, as many claim. But just before I get into that topic, I wanted to address one thing. I had a request to do uh, more shows on ET abduction, and I plan on doing that and getting into the subject further. And that's part of the reason I chose today's topic, because... If we want to take a look at the ET um, abduction phenomena, I think it's important that we also look at uh, what are the motives of these things that are doing the abducting. And the very first thing we can do is we can take a look at whether or not these entities or whatever they are, if they fall into the category of uh, good or not good, safe or unsafe, and then once we establish what the motives are, or what the motives appear to be, maybe we can take a look further into the mechanics of what's going on and how people are affected by this. And secondly, there was a question about uh, communication through email. Right now I have an email set up through uh, Microsoft Explorer on my old computer, and it's really a hassle to use. I want to try to set something up on my Twitter account maybe where people can send in comments or questions or maybe talk about experiences or sightings they've had. Um, honestly, it's a one-man show. It takes a lot of time, so I'll try to get to that when I can. Now, back to this Fatima thing. The first, For a little background, we can take a look at uh, what we find in Wikipedia. And it's referred to as Our Lady of Fatima. And it says, Our Lady of Fatima, Portuguese, Nossa Senhora de Fatima, formerly known as Our Lady of the Holy Rosema, Holy Rosary of Fatima. And then it goes on, it says, as a Catholic title of the Blessed Virgin Mary based on the famed Marian apparitions, apparitions reported in 1917 by three children at the Cova de Ira in Fatima, Portugal. The three children were Lucia dos Santos and her cousin, Francisco and Jacinta Marto. And and if you go to the Wikipedia page, they have this, you know, Statue of Mary. They got the map there. It shows where it happened at. And it says, location, Fatima, Portugal. Date, May 13th to October 13th, 1917. So these apparitions went on for several months, as you can see. And this would have been, now imagine 1917. And just remember that World War I was going on at that time. And World War I would have finished, like Armistice signed on 11-11-1918. So this would have been toward the end of World War One. Witness, Lucius Dos Santo, Francisco, and Jacinta Marto. Type, Marian Apparition. Approval, and then it shows here that in 1930 the Catholic Church approved it. They put up a shrine, they got a patron, and a feast day. So it looks like, I mean, I'm not a Catholic, and I don't mean to step on anybody's religion here, but it looks like there was some type of phenomena cited by a lot, not just three these three kids, but there was reports that I think like 70,000 people saw this thing. And it seems as though that after this months-long apparition uh, repeatedly appeared, 
that the Catholic Church, um, you could say, took the opportunity to, to uh, monetize it. They were the original Tom DeLonge and company, if you will. <laughs> Spot a UFO, let's make some money on it. And that's what it looks like to me. I mean, they saw this apparition, nobody really knows what it was. They pretty much just, uh, everything that was... Everything that was said to have been reportedly told these kids, the Catholic Church labeled it as secret and put it into the Vatican archives. So, I mean, it sounds familiar, doesn't it? We end up with UFO data, UFO metamaterial, and somebody locks it up in a safe somewhere and then forms a corporation. Of course, they already had a corporation, the Catholic Church, and then they proceed to monetize that data as they give us nibbles and bits on it. Not my idea of disclosure or transparency. Okay, then the Wikipedia article goes on. It says, Bishop Jose Analyz Coro de Silva declared the events worthy of belief October 13, 1930. On May 13, 1946, Pope Pius XII granted a canonical coronation to the venerated image enshrined at the Chapel of Apparitions at Fatima via his apostolic legate, Cardinal Benedicto Aliso Macello, on November 11, 1954, he raised the sanctuary of Fatima to the status of minor basilica by his papal brief, Lucer Serpana. Wow. As a non-Catholic, I have a really hard time understanding how a mass UFO sighting event becomes a, a religious phenomena that has to be legitimized by the Catholic Church. But hey, that's just me. And then it goes on here a little bit and it talks a little bit more about um, how the sighting became famous. We go down the page and we find a prelude. It says, in the spring and summer of 1916, Nine-year-old Lucia Dusantis and her cousins Francisco and Jacinta Marto were herding sheep at the Cova de Nera era near their home village of Agestral in the parish of Fatima, Portugal. They later said they were visited three times by an apparition of an angel. They said the angel who identified himself as the angel of peace and guardian angel of Portugal taught them prayers, to make sacrifices, and to spend time in adoration of the Lord. Marian apparitions. Beginning in the spring of 1917, the children reported apparitions of an angel, and starting in May 1917, apparitions of the Virgin Mary, whom the children described as the lady more brilliant than the sun, the children reported a prophecy that prayer would lead to an end to the Great War, and that on October 13th that year, the lady would reveal her identity and perform a miracle so that all may believe. Newspapers reported the prophecies, and many pilgrims began visiting the area. The children's accounts were deeply controversial, drawing intense criticism from both local, secular, and religious authorities. A provincial administrator briefly took the children into custody, believing the prophecies were politically motivated in opposition to the officially secular First Portuguese Republic established in 1910. The events of October 13th became known as the Miracle of the Sun. On May 13, 1917, 
the children reported seeing a woman brighter than the sun, shedding rays of light clearer and stronger than a crystal goblet filled with the most sparkling water and pierced by the burning rays of the sun. Now I have to stop right there for a second and wonder if that was actually the description that these little shepherd kids, I mean, for crying out loud, these are simple little children herding sheep. I mean, do you really think they're going to give this great, drawn-out account of this, or would they have just said, hey, we saw something bright? The article continues, The woman wore a, war, wore a white mantle edged with gold and held a rosary in her hand. She asked them to devote themselves to the Holy Trinity and to pray the rosary every day to bring peace to the world and an end to the war. While the children had never told anyone about seeing the angel, Jacinta told her family about seeing the brightly lit woman. Lucia had earlier said that the three should keep this experience private. Jacinta's disbelieving mother told neighbors about it as a joke, and within a day the whole village knew the children's vision. The children said the woman told them to return to the COVID era on the 13th of June, 1917. Lucia's mother sought counsel from the parish priest, Father Friera, who suggested she allow them to go. He asked to have Lucia brought to him afterwards so that he could question her. The second appearance occurred on June 13th, the Feast of St. Anthony, patron of the local parish church. On this occasion, the lady revealed that Francisco and Jacinta would be taken to heaven soon, but Lucia would live longer in order to spread her message and devotion to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. During the June visit, the children said the lady told them to say the Holy Rosary daily in honor of Our Lady of the Rosary to obtain peace and the end of the Great War. Three weeks later, on April 21st, the first contingent of Portuguese soldiers had embarked for the front lines of the war. The lady also purportedly revealed to the children the vision of hell and entrusted a secret to them described as good for some and bad for others. Father Freira later stated that Lucia recounted that the lady told her, I want you to come back on the 13th and to learn to read in order to understand what I want and what understand what I want of you. I don't want more. In the following months, thousands of people flocked to Fatima and nearby drawn by reports of visions and miracles. On the 13th of August, 1917, the provincial administrator, Arto Santos, no relation to Lucius de Santos, intervened as he, <clears throat> as he believed that these events were politically disruptive in the conservative country. He took the children into custody, jailing them before they could reach Cova de Ira. Santos interrogated and threatened the children to get them to divulge the contents of the secrets. Lucia's mother hoped the officials could persuade the children to end the affair and admit they had lied. <clears throat> Lucia told Santos everything short of the secrets and offered to ask some woman for permission to tell the official secrets. That month, instead of the usual apparition in, in the Copa de Ira on the 13th of August, the children reported that they saw the Virgin Mary on the 19th of August, a Sunday at nearby Valenus. She asked them again to pray the rosary daily, spoke about the miracle coming in October, and asked them to pray a lot, a lot for the sinners, and sacrifice a lot, as many souls perish in hell because nobody is praying or making sacrifices for them. 
The three children claim to have seen the Blessed Virgin Mary in a total of six apparitions between the 13th of May and 13th of October, 1917. Now, it goes on here and talks about the miracle of the sun. It says, after some newspapers reported that the Virgin Mary had promised a miracle for the last of her apparitions on October 13th, a huge crowd, possibly between 30,000 and 100,000, including reporters and photographers, gathered at Cova de Ira. What happened then became known as the miracle of the sun. Various claims have been made as to what actually happened during the event. The three children, who originally claimed to have seen Our Lady of Fatima, reported seeing a panorama of visions during the event, including those of Jesus, Our Lady of Sorrows, Lady of Mount Carmel, and of St. Joseph, blessing the people. Father John DeMarchi, an Italian Catholic priest and researcher, wrote several books on the subject, which included descriptions by witnesses who believed they had seen a miracle created by Mary, Mother of God. Personally, I don't know how God can have a mother if he's the beginning and the end, but the Catholics seem to like to throw that out there. Once again, not stepping on your religion, but it doesn't make sense to me. Okay, the article continues, according to accounts, after a period of rain, the dark clouds broke and the sun appeared as an opaque spinning disk in the sky. It is said to be significantly duller than normal, and to cast multicolored lights across the landscape to people in the surrounding clouds. Now, this is something that we see over and over again in these UFO sightings, is these multicolored lights, or, or lights in particular. It's always about the lights, the lights, how they appear, uh, the strange luminescence, uh, the uh, quality of the lights. And this is no difference. The sun has turned into this ball of light that apparently people can look at. I mean, obviously, uh, if you look at the sun, you're going to burn the corners of your eyes out, but these guys apparently are looking at the sun, and they're talking about multiple lights shining across the horizon. It goes on and says, According to the accounts, after a period of rain, the dark clouds broke, and the sun appeared as an opaque spinning disk in the sky. It was said to be significantly duller than normal, and it lasted, and it cast multicolored lights across the landscape, the people in the surrounding clouds. Now, a mul- I mean, think about this. Instead of seeing the sun, they're seeing a spinning disc casting lights around. Doesn't that sound like a typical large UFO craft that's lit along its edges? It continues, it said, It was said to be significantly duller than normal and and to cast multicolored lights across the landscape, the people, and the surrounding clouds. The sun was then reported to have careened toward the earth before zigzagging back to its normal position. Witnesses reported that their previously wet clothes became suddenly and completely dry, as well as the wet and muddy ground that had been previously soaked because the rain had been falling. Well, there you go. You have this tremendous heat coming off this craft. I don't think it was the sun they saw at all. To me, it sounds like what they saw was a very large UFO, and it's radiating this uh, heat quality. We hear this repeatedly with these UFO sightings. It goes on. It says, Not all witnesses reported seeing the sun dance. Some people only saw the radiant collars, and others, including some believers, saw nothing at all. The only known picture of the sun taken during the event does not show anything unusual. Well, there you go again. We have these subjective observations of the UFO, and we hear about this over and over again, where two people are are looking at the sky, one sees it, one doesn't. So whatever 
whatever this thing is, it almost appears to be on some interdimensional level where some people can see it and some people can't. The only known picture of the sun taken during the event does not show anything unusual. No unusual phenomena of the sun was observed by scientists at the time. A number of theologians, scientists, and skeptics have offered alternative explanations that include psychological suggestibility of the witnesses, temporary retinal distortion caused by staring at the intense light of the sun, and optical effects by natural meteorological phenomena. Now it goes on and it says... As far as the children go, Francisco and Asinto Morado died in the international flu epidemic that began in 1918 that swept the world. That would be the Spanish flu. Francisco Morado died at home on April 4, 1919 at the age of 10. Asinto died at the age of 9 in Queen Stephen's Hospital in Lisbon on December 20, 1920. So you can see these children were quite young when they first saw this apparition or UFO phenomena. They are buried at the Sanctuary of Fatima. They were beatified by the Pope John Paul on May 13, 2000 and canonized by Pope Francis on May 13, 2017. Their mother, Olympia Mardo, said that their children predicted their deaths many times to her and to curious pilgrims in the brief period of time after the Marian apparitions. At the age of 14, Lucia was sent to the school of the sisters St. Dorothy and Villar, a suburb of Porto, Portugal. In 1928, she became a postulant at the convent of the sisters of St. Dorothy into Spain, near the border with Portugal. Lucia continued to report private visions periodically through her life. She reportedly <clears throat> she reported seeing the Virgin Mary again in 1925 in the convent. This time, she said she was asked to convey the message of the first Saturday, Saturday's devotion. She said that at a subsequent vision of Christ as a child, reiterated this request. In 1929, Lucia reported that Mary returned and repeated her request for the consecration of Russia to her Immaculate Heart. She also reported an apparition in Rioxo, Galatia in 1931, in which she said that Jesus visited her taught her to prayers and delivered a message to give to the church's hierarchy. In 1936 and again in 1941, Sister Lucia said that the Virgin Mary had predicted the deaths of her two friends during the second apparition on June 13, 1917. According to Lucia's 1941 account, on June 13th, Lucia asked the Virgin if the three children would go to heaven when they died. She said that she heard Mary reply, Yes, I will take Francesco and Asinta soon, but you will remain a little longer, since Jesus wishes you to make me known and loved on earth. He wishes also for you to establish devotion in the whole world to my Immaculate Heart. Wow, this just sounds so crazy to me. As someone who has actually read the Bible, and if you read the words of Jesus, he never, ever talks about uh, about deifying Mary. The opposite, really. I mean, he separates himself from his family to a great degree. And this whole this whole issue of Mary worship just seems so deceptive to me. If you read the Bible, you just, the New Testament especially, if you read the words of Jesus, you just have to wonder, where in the world did this notion of deifying Mary the mother of Christ, the earthly mother of Christ, 
and and putting her on the same level of as, as God as to call her the mother of God. Where does this nonsense come from? It just seems so deceptive, and that goes hand in hand with some of these UFO. Um, apparitions that we see, there seems to be this key element of deception in some of these, and this is very concerning to me. It goes on and finishes up here on this history part. It says, in 1947, Sister Lucia left the Dorothean Order. She joined the Discalus Carmelite Order in the monastery in, in Columbra, Portugal. Lucia died February 13, 2005, at 97. So she lived to be very, very old. Now, I want to take Another another look at this from a different perspective. And if I can get herself over here, we will go to... This is from L.A. Marzula. I like L.A. a lot. His perspective is these things are actually demonic. And I have to respect the work that he's done on this because it's been very thorough... And he has an or he did a he did a documentary on the Fatima actually, and I I intend to I intend to try to pick that up and watch it, but I found uh, his post on this from his website lamarzula.wordpress.com. I'd like to just cover it real quick. He says, "I was recently in a hotel in Pennsylvania, and a guy was making omelets behind the breakfast counter. He was good at it. He flipped them over like a pro without the use of a spatula." I ordered one with sausage and pepper. He was a talkative man, and he launched into a story about a man who went to Medigrige, and because of what he experienced there, seeing a so-called sun miracle, became a priest. I countered with the argument that I didn't think uh, Medigrige had anything to do with the Mary of the Bible, and that perhaps a so-called sun miracle was a deception. I continued informing the man that I had just finished a film on Fatima. He countered by referring to the so-called third secret of Fatima. I replied that all of the so-called secrets came decades after the event. I then went on to explain that the handwritten testimonies from 1917 were the ones that we used as a source of information for the film, and there's nothing in them about secrets. I told him that it seems that there are two Fatimas, the one that most people know about today and the one that I discovered from the original handwritten testimonies from 1917. This is presented in our interviews with a variety of experts. Well, there you go. See, L.A. has gone back to the, to the original testimonies, the source information. And that's what you've got to do with all of these investigations, whether it's Fatima, whether it's... Uh, I, a UFO encounter that's been recorded or UFO abduction, you need to go to the source material. That's where you start because a lot of times these things get so clouded over time with everybody putting in their own two cents worth that the facts, the original report, is, is lost. Ellie goes on, he says, What we show in both of our films on Fatima is sourced from the original 1917 records that FINA de Armedia accessed in the sanctuary at Fatima. They tell a different story than what has now become the official narrative. All of the phenomena that, were, that we cover in both films, for the most part, has, either, has been neither obfuscated, eliminated altogether, or in some cases reworked to fit a particular narrative. 
Wow. So basically, L.A. is just saying, yeah, man, it's all been twisted around in the hundred years since. He says, here's just one example. In Fatima 2, Strange Phenomena, we cover one of the events that happened on October 13th, 1917. It has to do with a strange fiber-like substance that fell from part, that fell on parts of the crowd. Now, you, you can remember this, and L.A. says this, this is a... This is a somewhat common thing that's involved with these UFO sightings, and I think we've covered this on one of the podcasts, but this happened once in France, and they called it angel hair. It's this fibrous white material that falls, and it lands on the trees, whatever, and then uh, dissolves over time. And uh, this is not manna from heaven, but it is something that's often associated with, with some of these uh, mass UFO sightings. He says, This substance has been erroneously named angel hair. The people who were gathered on the moors of Fatima that day saw these fibers falling to the ground, and when they went to gather it or catch it in their hands, it disappeared. The official story is that these fibers were rose petals. However, from our research, we discovered that these white fibers also appeared during UFO encounters. In fact, this is a very common part of the UFO phenomena. So we put the fact that these fibers are associated with UFO sightings and then factor in the eyewitness accounts of Fatima that day who state in handwritten reports that they saw a dull silver disc. There you go. Over time, this notion that the sun somehow changed shape and did all kinds of crazy things, really what was seen was a dull silver disc. Very common UFO sighting. It seems fair to state that this has nothing to do with the quote-unquote official record that most people have come to believe. He goes on. He says, in my opinion, the events at Fatima were what I have come to call a harbinger of deception. In other words, a precursor for what will happen in the future. That being said, the future is now and people are seeing so-called sun miracles and apparitions in, moder in, in, in modernity. I posted several of those on my blog. This is why Fatima films are so relevant to our time. What happened at Fatima 101 years ago was, by all the evidence, a supernatural event. However, where it was, where was it sourced from? God or the dark side? In my opinion, and this is what makes the event a dangerous harbinger of deception, it was sourced from the dark side. The parish and then he goes on, he says, Number one, the parish priest at the time, Father Fiera, believed that what was happening was demonic. You see, the parish priest thought it was demonic, but in spite of that, the Catholic Church took the opportunity to monetize this event. Put up, put up a chapel, give it the seal of approval. You, got a, you, got, <clears throat> you have a pilgrimage going on, getting the money flowing. Secondly, Lucia, one of the seers and the only one to survive into adulthood, never stated that the entity that appeared to her was Mary. She only stated it was a lady who said she came from the sky. This is the original handwritten documents from 1917. Then you can go to his site and see a lot of this stuff. Number three, people who were standing in the field heard a buzzing sound, like that of bees inside their heads when the entity was present. This buzzing noise is very common in UFO events. Number four, the people who were standing in the field when the craft flew 
less than 100 feet over the people's head experience burns on their bodies. Again, this is a common side effect of those who have experienced a UFO encounter. Number five, the so-called secret of Fatima that discusses Russia's being converted are not part of the 1917 documents. The secret, quote-unquote, comes later in 1928 when Lucia is cloistered in a convent along with a vow of silence. So how was she how was she passing these secrets out to the Catholic Church when she was under a vow of silence? This appears to be more of the Catholic Church monetizing this event, adding credibility to themselves, and it takes away from all the transparency that should be associated with this, and all it does is create more deception surrounding the events that took place. Number six, he says, automobile windshields exploded when the craft flew over the startled crowd. Shattered windshields are also very common during UFO contact. 7. The cars stop working after the event. Again, this is very common during and after UFO contact. 8. Gasoline spontaneously combusted at Fatima during the October 13th so-called Miracle of the Sun. Does this sound like a benevolent act from God of the Bible or something else? Number 9. There was a fourth witness who remained in anonymity for decades until Fina de Armada discovered her testimony in the archives and sought her out. Her story is told in detail in Fatima 2. Briefly told here, the woman stated she encountered an entity that communicated with her telepathically. This long, blonde-haired figure later was sighted floating above the same trees that the apparition would later appear over. Now me speaking, do you really think that Mary, the mother of Jesus, had blonde hair? A Hebrew woman from, a Jewish woman from 2,000 years ago? I kind of doubt it. Number 10. There was goddess worship all throughout Portugal. And there, was, there were also serpent cults that are still in existence today. Ellie goes on, he says, What happened at Fatima was, in my opinion, both a harbinger of deception, as well as a confluence of very strange and disturbing phenomena. As many of you know, I am a frank supernaturalist and believe in the miracles that we read about in our Bible. However, I am also all too aware of what the biblical narrative states. Satan will come with all signs and lying wonders. Even the elect would be deceived if that were possible. Then there's the command from John that we are to test the spirits. It would appear that Jesus, Paul, and John expects us to encounter supernatural counterfeits and that we are to be aware of this. Toward the end of the film, I have assembled a composite of so-called apparitions as well as sun miracles. You can hear the hysteria from the people who are experiencing the phenomena. And one factor that is common to all of these events is this. No one, and I mean absolutely no one, is rebuking and first asking questions, is rebuking first and asking questions later. The Fatima films will take into supernatural will, will take into a supernatural world that continues in the present day and exposes the deception of the dark side. Very interesting. So there you have a couple of different looks at what happened at Fatima back in nineteen seventeen. From the Wikipedia version, from the version that the Catholic Church uh, expounds, it it is these three kids that are walking 
their sheep out in Fatima, Portugal, and they see this apparition of Mary, the mother of Jesus. She gives them these three secrets that only the Catholic Church knows about. So now the Catholic Church has a monopoly on this super valuable secret information. The Catholic Church goes in, they make saints out of all the kids, they build a, they build a chapel there or whatever, and they legitimize and monetize the whole event. And, and, this, and, and they back that up with the mass sightings that occurred in 1917. Some people say, well, it, it was a miracle of the sun, but it really looks a lot more like a UFO encounter. L.A. Marzula, on the other hand, who, who he does come from this from a certain angle. He does not believe that UFOs are mechanical devices flown by aliens that come here from a distant galaxy uh, to help us. He believes that these are demonic apparitions. And I think that his viewpoint is an important one to consider. The very fact that he's gone back and he has researched all this information from the original notes. He goes back to the source information and then discusses that. Brings a lot of new relevant information to what we know about what happened at Fatima. And it can help us answer the question... Were these things uh, non-human entities or simply extraterrestrial? Were these things uh, of the good variety or of the bad variety? Well, I think you know where I come down on this, but I, each of us have to make up our own mind as we as we take an open look at the phenomena and, and an honest look. And the first thing that we need to look for in any of these things is, are the events transparent and open? And is there disclosure? That's probably the first couple of things that you, that you should look at at any of these events that are reported. Is there transparency? And is there disclosure? And if there's not, then that tells you that there's deception involved. And if there's deception involved, you should immediately put your guard up and start asking questions. And that's how we as individuals find our own disclosure of these UFO events, and decide for ourselves what they are about. And, and categorize for ourselves whether or not we feel safe around them, whether or not these things are good, bad, or indifferent. But I would encourage you to take a look at Ellie Marzillo's uh, site. It's pretty interesting. It's important, I think, to keep an open mind toward uh, different opinions, uh, different takes on the situation. And when a person like L.A. Has done, has done a lot of research and he's open and transparent about it, to me that adds a lot of credibility to what he's saying. Until next time, this is UFO Warning, over and out.